Welcome to Radio Rehab. This is a daily recovery podcast where I have a guest co-host and with me for the entire week, and we talk all things recovery. There's lots of storytelling and lots of serenity, and then there's some hilarity too. This week, my guest co-host is Mark F. Today, our topic is how to safeguard our long-term sobriety because it's something that actually takes a lot of work. Let's join the conversation. Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. Welcome to Radio Rehab. I'm Dana, and I'm here in studio with producer Shar, my guest co-host for the week, Mark F. Uh, it's his third time on the show, and he started a new career, and because it's Tuesday, we have a topic. So I was thinking that we could talk about Carrie Fisher. They've discovered that when she died, she had um, heroin, cocaine, and ecstasy in her system. Popping that Molly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I always say when Molly shows up to the party, it's time to leave. Yeah. When she gets there, it's time for you to go. <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, and Chris Cornell, who took his own life, we found had Suboxone, Ativan, and some other stuff. Um, but the thing that, that is, like, annoying to me is that people are saying, yeah, because, yeah, he did hang himself, and that was the cause of death. But if you have Suboxone in your damn system, there's there's stuff that all that you know comes before that that's the, that's right. the cause of death. Like, right. there's the fact that he obviously was having to kick dope. Right. There's that. Yeah. So there was after he was supposedly clean for who knows how long, you know, that he was back on, on stuff. Yeah. And that is exactly what he died of. I mean, even though he didn't die from an overdose, like, he did die from drug-related causes, in my opinion. Yeah. And everybody, I feel like, is freaking out about Carrie Fisher. You're like, she had cocaine in her system when she died. It's like, well, she probably had it in her system when she was alive, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I feel like the, the issue of, like, um, you know, death in the, in, sort of in the program has become, like, a lot more real to me lately. You know, I mean, it's always been a thing where, um, you know, I'll occasionally, every so often, uh, someone will get, like, kicked out of my sober living houses and then, you know, they'll die like six months later. Wow. And then we'll get mail, f- you know, for this person. That, you know what I and mean? And they're gone. But lately now in my new role, um, you know, I, twice now I've I've had, um, you know, been working with the family where they're like, okay, our son is is uh, in this area. And he, we kn- all we know is that he's in like some motel in this area, you know, and I'm like, okay. We got to stay on top of this. As soon as he pops back up, um, I'll go get him. I'll bring him into treatment. You know what I mean? Uh Um, Twice this happened. And then at a certain point, the family will call me and be like, uh, the coroner like called this morning and they're dead. That happened twice in like a month and a half. Oh my know? God. Like, which is like, oh, so hard to like deal with, especially cause like with the parents. Cause you already like, know the family Yeah, and you can and tell, they didn't like, make it to treatment. And it's like, they're like oh. one call like away or like not even that. All they have to do is like, f- f- we have to find out where they are. Exactly. And, and uh, you know, and I'm telling them like, uh, all we need is like uh, tip where they are and I'll go get them. Uh, and like throughout the process, like you can just tell that like the family like cares so much. Yeah. And they just want their loved one to like get help and then to, to ha- then talk to them and, and have them say like he's dead is 
hard. I know. know. Oh my God, I can't imagine. Yeah. It's that's there's nothing sadder than when you've got somebody like in your scope and, and you're gonna get them in treatment yeah. and they don't even make it to the detox. Yeah. Like they don't even make it to treatment. That's so incredibly sad. Yeah. But yeah, working in the field, <clears throat> you're gonna see a lot of that because you see a lot of people who are new in recovery and Young people, too, I imagine, right? Are there a lot of young yeah. people in the sober living houses nowadays? Yeah, I mean, we get a fairly homogenous mix. Uh, a lot of it is pr- pretty young, you know. Um, what I did recently, though, is I put, uh, uh, what do you call that stuff, naltrexone mm-hmm. in all the houses. Just because, Really? Well, I mean, the opiate OD epidemic is, is crazy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's so many people, like, dying. Uh, and you know, the 10 minutes that it could take for, um, the, uh, you know, the, um, Oh, for Narcan. Yeah. Yeah. Like the nasal spray and I have the injection, the injection. Yeah. Any of it works. Yeah. And like, uh, you know, so, I mean, I've never had someone overdose in one of my houses. Um, but you know, just in case. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, what's crazy is I just found out because we had a girl who uh, works in the harm reduction field and they are now putting fentanyl testers in the the overdose kits. Yeah, I saw that. So like in the overdose kits, there'll be Narcan in case they overdose, uh, clean syringes, whatever's in there. And then fentanyl, there's something where you can drug test your, your heroin to yeah. see if it's cut with fentanyl because that's what's killing everybody. Right. It's not the heroin, it's that it's cut with fentanyl, which is like heroin on steroids. Yeah, or heroin on heroin. <laughs> it's like it's like dope on dope. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. It's I mean, I mean, and especially like we were talking about earlier, opiate addicts. Like you, you can't tell us because we're using to live. We're not, you know, we're not nodding out like like they picture people like a bum sitting on the street nodding out. Yeah. Like we get up and do things, and you can't tell that we're on it, and it, it's. The fentanyl is going to sound attractive to somebody who's built up a tolerance. Yeah. Like, like I was saying, like, I mean, I, I the addict in me got a little twinge of jealousy. And yes, I went right to a meeting after because I was like, oh, these people get all the fentanyl. Yeah. You know, meanwhile, I was not even catching a nod at the end. Yeah. I mean, a, a very close friend of mine, uh, like childhood friend, mm-hmm. uh, uh, overdosed on fentanyl like and died like a, a little over a year ago wow um and it was all like it's just so it's so different now because it's like you can order anything off of the internet you know and that's what he did he just he ordered it off the internet yeah. that's so crazy uh, like how do you even know what you're gonna get it's the internet yeah well actually really it's actually kind of safer on the internet because you there's like reviews and stuff of you know what i mean that is so insane like what has this world become yeah. i know people are always like when are you gonna have a kid or are you gonna have a baby and i'm like yeah when they give me a time machine so i can raise that child in the 70s because what uh-huh. the fuck is going on i mean get you a husband that's with insane. a perm yeah that's yeah so i really want to go back to the 70s to get a husband with a perm <laughs> no i just i want the internet to not be there it's too there. It's too omnipresent now, you know? Yeah, it's weird, like, the era that we live in now because the, the, everything, all information is at your finger and porn is at your finger. Oh, my God. And not just porn. I mean porn that shouldn't be porn. Death porn. Yeah. Fart porn. Fart porn yeah. is a thing. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> where does it end? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, it drives, but the whole dark road, isn't that what they called it? What do they call the, the oh, internet? The Silk Road? Silk Road. Yeah, that that was a few years, was it like five years ago down. or 10 years ago? Yeah, but there's still like marketplaces like that. Right. That and, like the black market. And I, I mean, I can't imagine. Like you're sitting there, I'm like, I'm going to give you a negative review if you don't get my dope to me on time. It's oh, yeah, like, that is interesting. Yeah, like you don't work for FedEx. You're a drug dealer. Yeah, you know what I mean? your friends and be like, I need you to give me a good review. <laughs> Cancel out <laughs> yes. this bad one I got. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Like that's absolutely insane. But I mean, we're in, and the other thing is like we're losing people now who think that they're just doing one drug, but they're getting something that's cut with fentanyl. Yeah. And like they're getting, they're getting way more loaded than they need to be getting. And it's like people are using heroin because they're running out of Oxycontin. Right. Because they were prescribed it and right. now they can't get it. That's yeah, really common. It's weird too because like when I'm now, especially since like all of these incidents have like happened, mm -hmm. right, I'm like much more when I'm dealing with families, I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like uh, this is life and death. Yeah. I was dealing with a family just like yours three weeks ago you know i don't tell them that you don't no i don't because but i i try to impress upon them the fact that like you know it's it's not you know it's important that they get the help that they need because they'll die yeah you know yeah there's only like two possible outcomes and that's either they'll end up in prison or they'll be, de they'll be dead yeah. yeah it's like i mean that's so tragic having to deal with the families though especially because you know, especially when they're sitting there waiting on one peep from the person going, OK, as soon as that person reaches out, then we can call Mark and then we can get him into treatment. And it's a call from the coroner's office instead. I know. It's brutal. That's so sad. So, it's like so it, sad. I hate this disease. I really do. And I hate it more lately because it's like people it's like you were talking about, like there's people like I see that have like 10 years or they have like time and they decide to go out. Yeah. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. How do I personally avoid that? Right. You know, like how how do I get how do I not get to ten years and go, you know what? <laughs> it's been long enough. Yeah. I well, mean, God forbid. Because like I mean, I have uh, a friend I was talking to you about off the air who like was sober ten years and had built like this amazing life and he went out uh and he's been like sort of on and off like relapsing for like I don't know, like less than a year. And his life is in shambles like that. Quick. I mean, he right. had this multi-million dollar company and like had this amazing family. And like, it's like all gone now, you know, like it happens fast. That's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing how quickly we can tear things apart. That's that's one thing I like about playing the tape through is it's like I'll be in my car and I'll be driving through the TL. And there'll be a liquor store. and Tenderloin. Be, for tend yeah, for those of you not hip not to the from, Bay Area. Not from the city. <laughs> That'd be the Tenderloin area. Loin. Yes. So good. But so I'll see, and I'll see this dude smoking crack, going to get, look for crack with yeah. a bottle of booze or whatever. And I'd be like, look at that lucky bastard. Not yeah. a care in the world. And He's I'd be like, taking a dump right on the sidewalk. I know. Not a How care free. in the world. How, I know. How liberating that must be <laughs> to crap in public. But yeah, and then I look at him, and, and because I'm I'm an addict, my first thought is, no, I want that. And I yeah. think like, okay, I could abandon my vehicle right here. Yeah. I I could you know sell it for drugs, and then of course I realize it would take me until midnight to have gone through everything I have yeah. and to be going, uh oh, yeah. <laughs> and who's gonna help me at that point? Right. Because I'm that kind of an addict. But I hate the I hate the gene. They they hate the thing that makes that look good to me. I know. 
it's a weird i get that too sometimes but it's more like like all of my responsibilities have like added up on me to the point where i'm like if i like just met up with the needle i I wouldn't have any of these responsibilities it would all be gone exactly yeah i think i'll see a bum sitting next to a garbage can as i'm stressed out about all the bills that i have to pay and a lot of it wreckage from my past from bills i didn't pay and you know and i'm like that guy doesn't have to deal with this he's just got a bottle and he's chilling yeah you know and it's like it that it's that's why recovery I think takes so much work is because we have to we have to do something to keep that voice because if you don't want that voice to to say those things and then you go yeah that's a good idea yeah. crazy person in my head yeah, that's a so. brilliant idea I'm gonna abandon my vehicle and smoke crack it's <laughs> I mean yeah yeah so recovery takes work yes it does <laughs> yes it does <laughs> it, it really does does. It does it does and I mean it's there's a lot of cautionary tales out there of just people where you're like, like, man, I really admired this person and they were my sponsor or they were yeah. like an important person in the program. And and they seem untouchable. Yeah. And then out they go. What out the they f- go because they yeah. took Vicodin from the dentist one time. It's always the Vicodin. Yeah. It's always the damn Vicodin. Yeah. God. God, the dentist. No, I know. Yeah. It's like the good thing about me is because of my huge opiate tolerance, whenever – Anybody has said, like, I could give you Vicodin. I'm like, I wouldn't wipe my ass with 10 Vicodin. So I don't want your bottle of, like, 30. Like, please. That's not enough. I've usually, like, I've had to be very careful uh, because, you know, I do, like, kickboxing and stuff. I've hurt myself Mm, a few times. That's right. And, like, I'll go. I've sort of made this deal with myself where it's like, if I have, like, a compound fracture in my leg, all right, I'll, I'll take you know, I'll take the medications, but like usually what it is, is like a, a f- broken finger or something, you know, you get that a lot, not a lot, but uh, it's happened more than once. Right. You know? it, like it's fairly common. Um, but, uh, y- usually though, it's like an argument with the doctor in the ER where he's like, put the cast on me and he's like, all right, here's your prescription. And I'll be like, no, I can't. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I'm a yeah. Like, None of that for me. I can't take codeine or whatever. He's like, well, just, just take it and then if you need it i'm like i said no yeah you know I mean? exactly like they're, they're like pushy with it i know what's so funny though is like now i think with the whole opiate epidemic i think they're like afraid of it because i've always said and i i mean if i walk into a hospital on fire they will offer me advil yeah. I, it's like there's something about me where they just go she's not getting any drugs yeah. do not give her drugs it's it's pretty funny because yeah. they gave me one time uh, morphine in the hospital and my boyfriend, everybody was hoping that would sedate me. Yeah. And I was pacing the room after that. It was like, you can't do that to an opiate addict. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, I just feel like recovery takes work, but I feel like it's a really dangerous world out there. And I feel like we all need to be careful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we all need to stay safe. We all need to do our part in recovery. And like, God, if, if you've got a loved one out there who's drinking or using, find them. I mean, I don't care or how codependent it is. Yeah, call I'll Mark I'm and like a I, lo- dude, I love that idea. I'm so into recon. Producer Sean sure knows that. I love recon. I love like, recon too. I like to pretend I'm in Charlie's Angels and spy on people. That's I would, weird that you mentioned that. I would love to be part of this. Yeah. Like, if it's ever a female or there's something blocking you from being able to get to the person, yeah, please be, call that me. That might look bad. <laughs> it would. I'm gonna call this chick Dana. She doesn't work in the field at all, but. In fact, she's a DJ, but no, I I would, I've always wanted to do that. 
Because I've always thought, like, people are like, I think my son's using or whatever. I'm like, you give me 30 minutes in your kid's bedroom. I will tell you if they're using. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I could start a business on that. But, uh-huh. yeah, I've had people call Consulting. like call me. Yeah, I've had people call me, but they're in other states. And they're, like, trying to do FaceTime. I'm like, no, this isn't working. I need to be up in there. Yeah. Like, that's still. But I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. And I'm glad that you're here here this week. Back on Radio Rehab. I'm, I'm glad you're here this week as well. I messed <laughs> up the way I said that. On the radio. Okay. Dang it. I talk for a living and I mess up all the time. Okay. So we'll be back tomorrow. We'll edit that out in post, right? No way. We don't edit. Okay. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow. That's for the babies. That's for the losers who have to edit. We go straight to tape. Uh, anyway, you can email us. It's radio rehab at gotoproductions.com. That's G O T O productions.com. You can call or text 415 496 9511 on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's at Radio Rehab Dana. And you can also go to radio.rehab. Keep coming back. Sex and drugs and rock and roll Is all my brain and body need Sex and drugs and rock and roll